What's cracking, everyone? Welcome to a new episode of the Fun Boat Diplomacy Podcast. Let's get these ads out of the way real quick so we can jump into this week's episode with Charles Career. Um, those of you who use Amazon, please go on my website, funboatdiplomacy.com. On the right-hand side of any of my pages, uh, there's a box. You'll find my Amazon portal link. Shop on Amazon with this link and you can help support the podcast with a small cut of your purchase total. It doesn't cost you anything extra and keeps things running on my side. Another quick plug for those of you who are interested in coming to San Francisco. Why would you not be? It's a great city. Um, you can come stay at the hostel I work at, Pacific Tradewinds Hostel. Somehow we have the URL sanfranciscohostel.com, which is really rad, but I think that's a prime piece of uh, real estate on the World Wide Web. kind of feel like we got some assassins out there trying to snag that website URL. Anyway, uh, if you go on sanfranciscohostel.com and hit book now, uh, there's a little link to, uh, well, a little button for promo codes. So if you make a reservation with the promo code Wayman's Friend 3, that's W-E-I-M-I-N-S-F-R-I-E-N-D 3, get a $3 discount on your booking. They're about 32 and they're getting up to $35 now. We'll knock that down to 32 with this code. Um... Now that that's all out of the way, let's jump into this week's episode with Charles Career from Kenya. Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Fun Boat Diplomacy. I'm here today with Charles Career. Mm-hmm. Uh, welcome, Charles. Hi, thank you very much. Thank you for having me. Yeah. Do you want to? Introduce yourself a little bit to the podcast audience. All right. My name is uh, Charles Koller. I was born and raised in Kenya, somewhere called Nakuru, Kenya, where if you know a little bit about Kenya, maybe it's where the flamingos are. Uh, so it, Kenya, the place where I grew up is actually known for the flamingos. There's a lot of flamingos in the Lake Nakuru. I grew up in a farm, you know, typical with the farm animals, you know, grown food, simple life. Yeah, and uh, I've. Uh, Do you guys have flamingos? Uh, not in the farm. Yeah. You see them chilling outside the. I see you. You're like, I see you. I see you out there. <laughs> <laughs> no, we never actually had that. had that. The only place you could go see it is the lake. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like Nakuru, which wasn't too far. It yeah. Was, so when they have in like nature mm-hmm. documentaries like Kenya, mm-hmm. you're the flamingos. That's near where you live. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. If you see those millions of flamingos in a lake, that's actually I wasn't too far from there. Okay, cool. like five, five, ten minutes from there. Well, sorry for interrupting. No, no problem, no problem. Yeah, so I grew up in Kenya. Grew up in a farm. I studied until seventh grade, and then I moved to the United States with my family. And uh, I've been here ever since, so it's been uh, 12, 13 years. 
in the U.S. Why did uh, your family move? Uh, mostly it's just for school. So school. Yeah. Most of us came here for school first and then all of us settled. Did you grow up speaking English? Uh, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Is that the main language or is there... Uh, English is not considered the primary language, but, but if you go to school, like most people are taught in English because of the British system that they have uh, okay. over there. Were they a British colony? Yeah. And mm-hmm. um, what's the native language then? Is the native that... language in Kenya is Swahili. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Cool. Swahili. So, Akuna Matara is Swahili. We've heard it in Lion King before. <laughs> so, in Kenya, do they... Uh-huh. How do they feel about the Lion King then? <laughs> Actually, they like it. I liked yeah. it when I was a kid. I watched I, I watched it in Kenya. Yeah. When, yeah, the first time I watched Lion so King. So, they said, yeah, everyone knows some Swahili now. Oh, yeah. We got excited when they started singing that song. Yeah. How old were you when it came out? How old was I? I was pretty young. Maybe... You know, fifth grade, 94, 96, mm-hmm. something like that. Yeah. I think that's about... How old is fifth grade? How old is fifth grade when you're in fifth? Fifth grade should be... Oh, man. Okay. So I know that first grade is... I know that first grade is when you're six years old. Because I remember when I turned six in first mm-hmm. grade, I got a gigantic orange laminated construction paper, number six. Ah, so if we come that's forward, it's about 10, 11 years old. Ah, yeah, that's about the time I watched it. So it was a little after it came out. So you were like 10 or 11? Yeah. I was, I was like 4 or 5. Oh my goodness. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched it every day. Uh-huh. Every single day. Like my you, parents you, will tell you, my sister will tell you. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I didn't have that many. I had a lot of VHSs, but my favorite mm-hmm. was The Lion King. You put so it on repeat, in, eh? Put it on repeat. <laughs> and I would, I think I, I knew all the words mm-hmm. without knowing the words, if you know what I mean. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I don't know, know what a lot of the words mean mm-hmm. when I was when I was four or five, but you I would say it out loud. It, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah, and I knew. Wow. It. And, but it's crazy because I watched it, I, I remember watching it in 2010 because mm-hmm. um, it came out in 3D <laughs> in theaters. Oh. And and I, I didn't realize. Um, how short the movie it's only 88 minutes oh really yeah and so wow. we watch it and it's just like boom uh-huh. and it's just over um, actually when you're a kid, yeah, you think it's more than that when you're a kid time mm-hmm. just so it's a really interesting metric of time mm-hmm. because when you're a kid you think wow this movie is so epic and so long yeah and the, it feels like two and a half hours something like that yeah yeah. that's how much uh, I think mm-hmm. Star Wars is going to be oh wow very excited here about Star Wars. Oh yeah, for sure. Yeah, everybody's gonna watch that one. Yeah, you bought the ticket already for it. No, I fucked myself. I don't. Have a, <laughs> I don't have a ticket. Yeah, but they're available. Uh-huh. I just I want to coordinate with people. But anyway, um, you gotta just hear people talking about it after they've uh, watched. Yeah, the that's first. my fear. Um, today Ryan was uh, he was working and or I was working and mm-hmm. he was on the computer in the lounge, and he start he put it on and I think it was actually the. Um, pirated version of the opening sequence. Oh, man. Uh, mm-hmm. It might have been real, might it not have been real, but um, mm-hmm. I was just sitting there like, Ryan, turn this off. I know. Turn that would <laughs> mess it all then, up. <laughs> yeah, but then after the, you know, the credit roll, or mm-hmm. the, uh, the, the intro roll, um, after that, it's the, the video stops working. So okay, that's still good. safe. But yeah. I think this weekend is going to be tough. Trying to get a ticket. Yeah, yeah it's going to be impossible. I heard they sold uh, how many tickets? Hundred million or something already? Jeez. Something ridiculous. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll 
I'll find a way. That's pretty it's already cool. opening. Um, so, growing up in Kenya, what your so it's a farm environment, and how far is the next neighbor? The next neighbor, it's pretty close. The, uh, I'd say we lived in like a four-acre farm. So the next neighbor is wasn't that far away from. You can walk uh, maybe five-minute walk to the next neighbor. What are some things close. that maybe here in Western society we would take for granted that it, it, on a farm in Kenya it would be you'd have to work really hard for? Ah. Or something that really comes to mind. I would imagine water. How did water. You... Water. We we actually got it from the rain. Like we had uh, ways of getting the water, like from the roof. Like we built uh, like a system, mm-hmm. get all the rainwater and, and put it, yeah, collects it into a tank. Wow. And then usually we'd boil that water before you drink it, you know? So can keep it clean. Yeah, make sure it's uh, uh, free of all the, you know, bacteria or anything that might have gotten in. But that's how we got our water. Or well, sometimes when it's uh, drought season, we would actually buy it from the government. Mm-hmm. So they would come with those big trucks and and fill your tank up with uh, water. And was that expensive? Uh, yeah, it was a little expensive for for people that you know living in a farm. Or in a... And you need it not just for uh, cooking mm-hmm. and drinking, but mm-hmm. and cleaning, but also you need to grow your food. Yeah, feed your yeah. What kind of animals? Shower everything. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Here it's so easy. It's just we pipe it in from the mountains, and you have unlimited water. So <laughs> it's crazy. I know it's amazing. Yeah, yeah over there we used to like. Uh, Shower with the buckets, you know. You have to use your hands and uh-huh. throw the water around you. Do you have like a where you hang up the bucket, or do you do you just take a bucket and then have a smaller bucket like that? Yeah, no, yeah. We never usually hanged it. I, I didn't see that. Uh-huh. That's actually a great idea when you when you see it. <laughs> when you think <laughs> about it now. <laughs> yeah, you're welcome, Kenya. Uh-huh. Solve some problems. Yeah, more Kenyans need to think about that. We're just using a bucket. And uh, actually bending over and throwing the water mm-hmm. into this, yeah. Yeah. I've, Around you. I've done that in, uh, in Taiwan. Um, get a big tub of water, mm-hmm. and then you get a smaller little pail, I guess. Oh, and yeah. You get all soapy, and then... And then pour it, it all off. Yeah. yeah. Uses much less water. Yeah, actually, yeah. You save a lot of water like that. Yeah, so sometimes we would boil it, but most of the time you just shower cold. Yeah. Cold showers are good for you, though. Yeah. Allegedly. I don't know. Oh, really? Some people say it's good because it, um, what it does is mm-hmm. it makes your body sort of uh, tense up. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by tensing up, there's a, a... I don't remember the chemical. See, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but it, it, by tensing up and then relaxing when the, when the coldness is over, mm-hmm. um, there's a chemical that's released that relaxes everything. And the especially the... Um, Blood vessels, mm-hmm. blood vessels will constrict, uh-huh. and then when it uh, relaxes, the blood flows better. Wow, interesting! Yeah. Wow. So that's mm-hmm. um, the Spartans uh, are a big example. They used to take only cold showers, mm-hmm. and uh, anyone who thought about boiling water and taking a warm shower, they're like, "Those guys are pussies." <laughs> <laughs> that's true. That was, that's what we used to say back home too. When you, you actually warm your Water for the shower, yeah, pussy. Because, because in the evenings, we usually took a shower like around two, three p.m. Mm. 
Yeah, like after after like working all mm-hmm. during the day, you just take a shower two three p.m. You you feel good, you can relax, drink a cup of tea. Yeah, so it it wasn't too bad like taking a shower at that time of the day. It's what, not like early in the morning. What was the work like? You what was a normal day like on working on a farm? Actually, we had a lot of free time because when you're living in a farm, it's, the only work is. Uh, in the you know like harvesting and planting seasons that's where all the work is but, but in between that we have a lot of free time so there would maybe in the morning you would go and milk a cow but uh but other than that there's no other thing you would do the women would cook men don't cook in uh, they just chill in agriculture yep <laughs> <laughs> men just chill and, and until harvesting and uh, planting season yeah so what what, what kind of stuff did you guys grow we grew everything. We grew a lot of maize, first of all. A lot of maize. We had, we had bananas in our farm. We had uh, potatoes, a lot of vegetables, um, collard greens, you know, spinach, uh, almost every ve- uh, vegetable you can think of, you know. Mm-hmm. And we grew a lot of stuff. You can. It was very sustainable. The only thing uh, that we would buy from the store was maybe meat, maybe once or twice a week. We would eat meat. We never ate meat that much. Um, what about yeah. the, did you have animals on your farm? Oh, yeah, we had uh, goats, cows, uh, rabbits, chickens for the eggs. What else did we have? Sheep, uh, dogs, cats. Yeah, we had a lot of, we had a lot of animals. Did, you never ate those. You went out to buy. We never ate them unless it was a big occasion, like uh, graduation, Christmas, uh, New Year's. Like that would be something really big for for us to uh, sacrifice one of those animals. Mm-hmm. And so that um, was the culture. Mm-hmm. So when you go buy stuff from where, where is it? Where, the, where are you buying it from? Like a butcher. A butcher. Yeah, uh, go is it from to... a town or how does that work? Yeah, Nakuru Town. Yeah, you could go over there and buy uh, uh, like uh, meat. You can buy anything you want. They actually have a big market. You can buy vegetables and stuff like that. But we never went over there. In Kenya, are, are there um, a, a big? Is there a big Muslim population? Or? Kenya got a pretty good Muslim population. I'd say maybe twenty percent, but I'm not certain with that number. Okay, but. Especially on the coast coastline around Mombasa, Mombasa near the beach area, mm-hmm. there's a lot of Muslim population. Because then at around the around the holidays, mm-hmm. gotta have the gotta have the lamb. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. That's true. <laughs> yeah. Uh huh. So did they they have the the butchers would buy from I guess people who were raising lots of livestock and mm-hmm. then they have a lot of it to sell. So you guys were a small farm, then yeah, have all the time just. You're not killing the animals all the time. Mm-hmm. I think I think when you live in a farm, it's easier not to eat meat. I don't know. Most people that live in a city, meat is everywhere. They buy meat all the time. And in Kenya, actually, meat was expensive. So that's, I think that was the primary reason most people didn't eat it, it's, like regularly. Yeah, it's also. I mean, I don't know how expensive it was in Kenya. It's expensive mm-hmm. now. I don't. Really, I don't buy meat when I go to the market. But yeah, even here it's an, it's not too cheap. Yeah. As it shouldn't be, mm-hmm. it shouldn't be cheap. 
We should mm-hmm. we should actually make it really really expensive. It's, yeah, so, so m- more people yeah, don't eat it. You know. Yeah, it's a really big problem. Mm. I know everyone's talking about how bad uh, beef, especially, is for the environment. Mm. But um, yeah, we really need to raise the price of it. I'm, I'm saying that, but I love I love beef. It's great. <laughs> <laughs> but we need to raise it up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, the, because the animals are not treated right, you know. Yeah, all the animals that are being, uh, you know, sacrificed for people's uh, burgers. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, so. Um, did, when you came to the United States, did you, was it a huge jarring difference? It's like, for example, you go to a McDonald's and you, you get a burger, a piece of beef mm-hmm. that should be really expensive. It's, it's a dollar. Uh-huh. It's a dollar. I don't know if you thought about this when you were young, but. Yeah, it was a, it's definitely a big difference. I didn't like the food in the beginning. I definitely did not like it. It's something you have to like, get used to it. I remember coming in and met with a plane, mm-hmm. and they gave us uh, some sausages in the plane. I remember it was the worst. It was the worst food I've ever tasted <laughs> when I first came. That was the first experience with American food coming through the plane, like a hot dog kind of. Mm-hmm. But it had so much fat in it, like it was it was dripping out of fat was dripping out of it. So it wasn't it wasn't too good. Where did you land? I landed in, uh, which airport was it? I think it was BWI in uh, Baltimore. Yeah. 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 It's a tough spot, Baltimore. Mm. <laughs> mm. It's a, r- a r- rough city. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you end up, your family ended up settling in, uh, in DC? Yeah, in Maryland, uh, Maryland area, DC neighborhood. Yeah. Yeah. Where, where in DC? Uh, well, we're in Maryland. We lived in Lanham, Maryland for a while. And uh, I think we lived there for about five years. And now we're living in Bethesda. Uh-huh. Bethesda, Maryland. Yeah. Cool. So it's uh, it's not too far from each other. It may be a 30-minute drive. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then you went to school in the American school system. How many siblings do you have? I've got eight. Uh, no, 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 no. Seven. Seven siblings. So they, all, they all came from... We're all eight. Hmm? They all came to America... Yeah, about the same time. We all, all came about the same time. There's two that came in early, and then the rest, we came in about the same time, around 2002. What's it like having so many siblings? siblings? I mean, it's nice. I have one sister. <laughs> I don't know what it's like to have so many. It's a lot of fun, man, especially when everyone comes together. Yeah. Yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's too much fun. <laughs> and do they all go to university around D.C., or they went elsewhere um, it's hard to mm-hmm. make it so that everybody goes to school to the same mm, to the same place. It's unlikely. So. Yeah, two of them went straight to school. One came straight uh, to California, mm-hmm. straight from Kenya. He came to California same time, same year. Maybe it was two weeks separated when I came, but he came to school straight to California to Harvey Mudd College in. Uh, I, I, I forget what part of California that is, Southern California, close to LA. Mm. And my sister went straight to Liberty University in uh, Virginia. And me and my brother went to school in uh, Lancaster, Pennsylvania. Oh, yeah? Wait, no, just normal school, not university. Yeah, just like. Uh, but all the way in I Lancaster? started, yeah, all the way in Lancaster. Why? I don't know how we ended up there, but. Uh, was it Quaker my, school? Or? <laughs> 
<laughs> in Amish County, man. Yeah. From Kenya to Amish County. So were there a lot of white people? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. Definitely. But what was unique about that school was the dormitory where we stayed five days and then we would go home on the weekends. There was so many international kids, you know, we, we met, there was a lot of Koreans in that dorm and how are they gonna a lot of Ethiopians. Up, how are they going to coop up all these international students in Lancaster, Pennsylvania? I know. It's <laughs> such a strange place. That was so weird, man. And that was the best time I had, actually. It, it's it a beautiful place. Great, yeah. Beautiful place. Uh-huh. Great experience, especially with that dorm area. We yeah. almost became uh, like brothers, everybody that lived there. Because you, you see them every day. You, you're eating with them breakfast and dinner every day. Yeah. You, and after school, that's where you guys hang out, go to the playroom and hang out there, play basketball with each other every day. It was nice. It's a great experience. People from all over the world in, in Lancaster. Yeah, I never... <laughs> I didn't know that there was a, mm-hmm. I don't know how big the layout of Lancaster is, but f- I don't know there was a, is an international boarding school more or less what, what this was? Yeah, it was a boarding school and it was mostly international. There was maybe two Americans when I was there, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. but it was mostly international. Yeah, I never knew that something like that existed there. All I knew mm-hmm. is the Amish were, had their farms around, they had their, their, uh, craft stores and oh then, yeah and then all the outlets <laughs> oh yeah the outlets you know they about the outlets yeah that's where i get that's where i got these jeans uh-huh. those like outlets two, are awesome two for 70 or something like mm-hmm. that they got great deals in those outlets i don't know how the prices is so different it's uh, from a regular store it's because i think uh it's factory surplus mm. so they make a bunch of it and then uh maybe they made some extra So mm-hmm. to drive down prices in the retail stores, they sell these, um, they sell these at the outlets at oh. a lower price. So like, wow. they just want to get rid of them mm-hmm. so that the price at the retail stores can be higher. Ah, nice. Um, Interesting. I'm predicting, uh, and I'm, yeah. not, I'm not an economist, I'm not a market, businessing guy, marketing guy. I could be completely <laughs> wrong, but that's my, that's but that's, my that makes a lot of sense because everything you found at uh, the outlet next to our school, it was so much cheaper. Yeah. We bought our Timberlands. I remember buying Timberlands mm-hmm. over there for so cheap, like $50. I've, I've bought Timberlands at outlets before, too. <laughs> <laughs> Timberlands, uh, we used to go to the uh, Calvin Klein store and buy uh-huh. and buy clothes over there. And it's so much cheaper than what you would find at the mall. Yeah. yeah. So did your family buy a bunch of stuff from the outlets? Because I know a lot of international um, people... Not, not only the Lancaster outlets, but in my state, in Delaware. Mm-hmm. If you go to the beach... Mm. Um, the, uh, the beaches just in central Delaware, mm-hmm. they, they have outlets as well. And the advantage of that is it's tax free because Delaware is tax free uh, oh, shopping. Yeah. So international people go crazy. Like even here, mm-hmm. um, I, I, I see some guests come in with Levi's bag. I mean, Levi's is manufactured here as, of course, but, mm-hmm. um, they'll come and buy lots of the name brands at the, at the retail price, mm-hmm. which is also lower than the international price. Oh. So when they go to the, mm-hmm. the outlets, they go crazy. They go wild, because eh? yeah. they can't believe the prices. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So mm-hmm. did your family, they buy a lot of uh, not really, not, not my family, really, but it was mostly us that lived there, went to the school. We would mm-hmm. go there all the time and buy, mm-hmm. like, the clothes. Every time I would make money, like, on the weekends from working, I would go over there and spend it. Mm-hmm. Where did mm-hmm. you work? 
Uh, that's what, when I started caring in high school. Oh, yeah. How did that start? Uh, a friend of mine introduced me uh, to it. He just said there was a training for caring. I never knew anything about golf. And uh, introduced me to We went to training together at Lancaster Country Club. Mm-hmm. And that's how I got my first training. And then uh, I actually never got to caddy at that club. But I went to another course in Delaware, Wilmington Country Club. Okay. That's why we used to go on the weekends, you know? To Wilmington? Mm-hmm. That's so weird. <laughs> <laughs> we got a lot of connection, I don't know. No, but that's so <laughs> weird. Because I would never think, let's go to Wilmington. That's so great. No. no but it, was it closer to, to go to Wilmington or Philadelphia for you? From Lancaster? Uh, probably, probably Wilmington. Wilmington is yeah. close yeah, definitely. It's only an hour drive. From mm-hmm. from Moscow to Wilmington. Bizarre. You pro- you, it's mm-hmm. possible that you've driven past my neighborhood. Probably. Because it's on the way. Mm-hmm. Um, Where you grew up? Yeah, it's on the mm-hmm. way. My neighborhood. If you're mm-hmm. driving to Wilmington, I think it's possible. No, no. Yeah, you you drove past my hometown, for sure. Hokes mm-hmm. from Delaware. Wow. That's weird. I think this is the most I've talked about Delaware on this podcast. Oh, yeah? Yeah, it's really strange. <laughs> Yeah, there's not much to do in Delaware, but... A Wilmington but, Country Club. Let mm-hmm. me see where that is, because it's possible I've mm-hmm. passed it. I've never been interested, or... It's a big club, actually. Was in, uh, the vice president is a member out there. Yeah, yeah he's, mm-hmm. from, he's from Greenville, right next to Wilmington. Mm-hmm. The, uh, I know a lot of people drive past his house. Oh, yeah? Wilmington... Yeah, I carried for his uh, sons, the Biden sons, the two sons. Oh, yeah. So you got to meet them? Uh, I got to meet both of them. I worked yeah. for me. It was actually, one of the sons was using uh, Joe Biden's bag. So he had the Secret Service markings on it and everything. Uh, yeah. yeah. that's. So we used to go on the weekends to Wilmington mm-hmm. after school. So that's how I started caddying at that club. I took another training there and I began caddying. No, I don't think I've been past there. I never mm-hmm. was that far up to the north of Wilmington. The city? Uh, maybe. It's like in the middle of the city. Wilmington Country Club. Let me take a look. Brandywine mm-hmm. Road. So here's Brandywine Creek State Park. Mm-hmm. Which maybe some of my listeners from back home will know better. But So yeah. <laughs> Met a guy from Kenya here in San Francisco. He knows more about Delaware than I do. Cause he was a I don't think I knew that much. Yeah, but a little bit. <laughs> so, did you get to meet the vice president? Ah, uh, no, but the sons, just the sons. Yeah, yeah. Vice president never got to play that much. I never saw him actually. Yeah. Who else? Um, who else have you met while you were caddying? At Wilmington, uh, I didn't meet that many people. But uh, as I finished high school and came to DC, I started working at a Congressional Country Club. That's where I met. Like a lot of... Uh, Where's that? In D.C.? Yeah. Where's that in D.C.? It's in Bethesda, actually. Oh, it's in Bethesda, Bethesda, Maryland. Gotcha. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I just outside of D.C. Most people call it uh, like a D.C. area. Mm-hmm. But actually, from Wilmington Country Club, I went, I continued caddying at uh, Chevy Chase Club. Mm-hmm. That's in Chevy Chase, Maryland. Mm-hmm. There I caddied for Condoleezza Rice. And Chief Justice Roberts. Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> those are the two big names I, so, uh, I've, I've worked for. How, how are they? Let's start with Condoleezza Rice. Condoleezza Rice. 
great woman. You can't even tell. Like when they come and play golf, you can't tell that they're big shots or people. Yeah, they look like normal individual people. I was on Lisa Rice at golf. She's good. She's good. She's a <laughs> she's a good player. That's for sure. You don't expect her to play that good mm-hmm. because uh, because of her job and everything. But mm. she was a good player. I would say she's about like a ten handicap. Mm-hmm. I don't know what that means. <laughs> Those guys that know golf would know. Okay, yeah. <laughs> but a good player. Good player. You can enjoy playing golf. Did you, kind of, did you get to talk to her at all? Oh yeah, the whole round. She she's very interesting. She asked about. Where I grew up and everything. Yeah, yeah it was fun. It's really nice. Interesting. Yeah, I've always, I've always had mm-hmm. a, a sort of respect for Condoleezza Rice. Mm-hmm. Um, Great despite, woman, despite her, uh, I guess her track record with the Bush administration. She did, oh yeah, she yeah. did. Uh, I would, I thought it would have been really interesting in 2012 if she had been the Republican nominee. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Because then she would be. A black woman running against Barack Obama. Yeah, that yeah. would have been so interesting. That's yeah. for sure. And she would have had a chance. She, she would have had a great chops. chance. She's the good. She's mm-hmm. a, she has good experience. Uh, she knows what she's talking about. Mm-hmm. President Obama never really knows what he's talking about. That's um, true. Uh, this is mostly this is in terms of foreign policy, mm-hmm. mind you. Mm-hmm. Condoleezza Rice knows foreign policy. Yeah, That's way more. Uh, Barack Obama. Mm-hmm. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's mostly probably takes all the advice from uh, the advisors that yeah, I mean, sure. tell them what to say and all that. Yeah, but Condoleezza Rice, smart woman, yeah. Condoleezza Rice, yeah. And then Chief Justice Roberts, yeah. That, that was a, that was another nice round. You, you, Chief Justice is the most uh, polite guy. Ever. Yeah, he looks very tough on TV, like a really tough guy. But he's the nicest, nicest yeah. guy. Yeah. It's weird how mm-hmm. yeah we see people on TV on, on, on in movies and stuff mm-hmm. and it becomes they become more than a person. But That's I guess cool. if you're like just golfing with them, they become yeah just like almost, you and I. Yeah, it's almost it's almost like a dumb down person of them. But it's it's amazing, man. You meet these people and they're just regular regular it's, people. It's like just the other day mm-hmm. I went to this art exhibit in uh, in Berkeley. And James Franco was there. Mm. Uh, there was a whole situation where it was it was kind of weird mm-hmm. because people. Long story short, uh, his brother Tom Franco was making art, and part of this art was uh, uh, some blankets mm-hmm. that he had made. And you can buy this blanket for one hundred and fifty dollars and get a picture with James Franco. Um, wow. <laughs> which was really, I think that's a weird, creepy thing. I, I don't know. That, all that aside, uh, having James Franco stand in an art, like a small art exhibit hall, mm-hmm. it was just, it's like, yeah, I see you in the movies, and I know you're James Franco, but mm-hmm. I don't have this allure, like, oh my god, James Franco. <laughs> you're not going crazy, yeah? Yeah. Is there anybody who you would go crazy about? Because <laughs> I know for me, uh, it, would be, it would be David Bowie. David Bowie? Yeah. Ah. Yeah. If I say, because he is a legend, he's, I don't, I don't believe he's a human. Mm-hmm. I, I think he's an alien from space coming to bring us <laughs> oh, music. Yeah, yeah. I know. What about you? For me, it'd probably be Bob Marley. Bob Marley. If I had to see that guy live. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe. Because I love his music. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's popular. Yeah. Um, that's the guy I would go crazy about. Is anybody mm-hmm. uh, currently around who you? Currently around. Uh, let me see. Let me see. 
I don't really have that much. I don't really have anyone right now. Like, I would go mad. <laughs> that's good. I just, you're, yeah. you're a down-to-earth. You're uh, the same person. Uh, yeah. If I saw David Bowie, I don't, I don't know. <laughs> you go crazy. My whole, I would question my existence. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and so those were the only two? Uh, that was the Chevy Chase Club. Yeah. Those are the two guy, two most uh, popular people I carried for there. And you moved and on up. I moved on to Congressional Country Club. Yeah, that's a. Does that much mean pro- it's, it's uh, under or related to the U.S. Congress or just a name, Congressional? Actually, back in the uh, back in the day, Congressional used to allow people that worked in the government to become members there. Back when it was like exclusively, or. Mm-hmm. Okay. Back in the beginning. When they were founding the Congressional. Mm-hmm. But right now it's not like that. Uh, you don't even find uh, that many people that work in Congress that are members there. I've only met uh, one senator from Virginia. And that, that guy actually brought Bill Clinton to play. He's the guy that brings uh, Bill Clinton to come out over there and play. So you met Bill Clinton? I've carried for him one time, yeah. Wow. <laughs> when, what year was this? 2000 or what? Uh, I started 2011, so around 2012. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That was the year I carried for Bill Clinton and the senator. And you spoke to him? Oh, yeah. Wow. <laughs> yeah he's a cool guy. He's down to earth. These people, you, yeah. you think they're big shots on TV, and then they come, like, when they're playing golf, it's just, they're regular. Do, do, <laughs> they, do they come up to you and say, hey, today you're going to be, you're going to be carrying for Bill Clinton? Oh, yeah, yeah. They tell you that. Like um, 30 minutes before. They cannot let a lot of people know about it. Ah, okay, okay. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. No one ever knows, like, uh, when Bill Clinton or Obama comes and plays uh, those kind of courses. Yeah, that's only the uh, the golf golf pro or they will tell the golf pro and the golf pro might tell one or two people because of security probably reasons, yeah. And so, do, do current presidents uh, play golf at any of these golf courses that you worked at? And when President Obama goes to play golf, we see some pictures. I don't know where those where those golf courses are. Oh, Maybe yeah. you know better where, where he's playing golf. Yeah, he's been playing mostly at uh, Army Navy Golf Course in okay. uh, Virginia. Virginia. Yeah, that's that's like a like a government golf course. Uh, he's been playing at those courses. He, he rarely plays the private ones. You know, mm-hmm. he plays at these uh, government uh, courses. What is the, why is it that rich people and powerful people play golf? Uh, I have no idea. <laughs> but it's, a, it's yeah, it's a, it's an expensive sport, definitely. You got to have money to play that sport. It's the membership fee or what else? Mm-hmm. Initiation fee. Equipment. And also, I think, prestige mostly and connections, I'd say. It's strange. Mm-hmm. Because you can connect to all with all those members that are there, and these are CEOs, you know, people that can just take you far if you uh, connect it the right way, you know. Yeah, that's a, I'd say connections mostly. Mm-hmm. And now you're working at which one? Right now, I decided to come to San Francisco. I didn't even expect to work. Yeah, what was the story behind that? <sighs> coming to San Francisco? It was just intuition, uh, really. I did not want to spend another winter in uh, the East Coast. So it was either between uh, Florida or uh, California. 
and uh, San Francisco. It just felt like San Francisco was the right place. It was either, yeah, it was between LA and San Francisco in the California area, but San Francisco just felt right. It felt like the right place. Uh, I just I just decided to come out here. It was a last minute thing. <laughs> and how did it fall into place? You getting a job with the, the golf course? Mm, yeah, yeah. So when I got here, I I knew about San Francisco Golf Club. That's the most popular one on the East Coast. West Coast. Huh? West Coast. No, on the East. On the East, a lot of people uh, talk about San Francisco Golf oh, Club. Okay. They say it's the Augusta of the West. Mm-hmm. So, so I, I really wanted to work there. And uh, so I can get to play at least on Mondays. I can play that golf course. Because it's ranked, I think, 30th or something in the world. Mm-hmm. So it's a really good golf course to play. So I decided to... I told my golf professional at the Congressional to call in San Francisco Golf Club so I can get an opportunity to caddy. And then after I caddy, you get the opportunity to play there on Mondays. And uh, actually, at San Francisco Golf Club, you can bring guests also once, you, once you're once a caddy, which is a big time because... It's so very I can, so I can exclusive. Sometimes, <laughs> is that possible? Oh yeah, I okay. yeah, Do I have to dress nice? I don't have anything. I have yeah. like one polo shirt. Mm-hmm. <laughs> a polo shirt and uh, any long pants would do. Yeah, even mm-hmm. these. I have a uh, long black skinny jeans right now. Oh yeah, they don't mind. Yeah, they don't mind. Yeah, they don't mind. And what kind of any uh, famous people play there? Charles yeah. Schwab, I've heard, belongs there. That's a real person. Oh yeah, you know that company, right? I know the company, like, okay, <laughs> the yeah, company's everywhere. It never occurred to me that that's uh, a real person. It's <laughs> a real person, actually. It belongs to San Francisco Golf Club, I think. Interesting. Yeah, cool. that's who I've heard of belongs there. Who else have I heard belongs there? But it's exclusive. This is like the big, big money. When you think about the 1%, this is probably the 1% of the 1%. It's here in San Francisco. Yeah. So like CEOs of, of these companies will mm-hmm. go by there. Not even CEOs. These are like even bigger than that. Like Illuminati? <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Who knows? <laughs> but these are some big shots. They actually say people that belong uh, to San Francisco Golf Club are the bosses of uh, the members of Olympic Golf Club, which is an exclusive club in San Francisco also. Olympic. Yeah, Olympic. It's a really big club. I think 9,000 members or something like that. But the the bosses are are the members of San Francisco Golf Club. Yeah, so it's like the the bosses of the bosses, you know? (laughs) Big money. One day there's going to be a movie about you, and uh, it's going to be you, Bill Clinton, (laughs) Condoleezza Rice, and we're fighting crime with Charles Schwab. Oh, man. I don't know. I don't know. I'm not that interesting, but <laughs> <laughs> no, it's, it's maybe, cool. maybe, maybe that'd be real cool. It's it's crazy. You didn't have any expectation to be doing this, uh, and it's because you were in around Lancaster, Pennsylvania, and you mm. happened to what walk a, into this weird culture. <laughs> what a path! Yeah, what a path I've taken. And university, where did you go? Or you're still you said you're still a student. Actually, yeah, pretty much. Yeah, I'm still a student. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't finished. I have uh, 20 credits left. Yeah, what is your degree in? It's bachelor's in? Uh, bachelor's in computer information systems. Okay. 
had uh, studied first in Montgomery College in Maryland. Mm-hmm. It's like a two-year college. Graduated there with associate degree in business, and then I transferred to James Madison University in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Mm-hmm. And I did uh, one and one and a half years over there. So I have a. Uh, you gotta knock out twenty more. Yeah. To get that degree. Uh huh. Definitely, I have to. I have to do it. The main reason I stopped is because of the loans. Uh, the loan I had to take to finish up. Uh, I did not. I did not want to do that. Yeah. Because I've seen so many people tied up with those loans out here. Mm-hmm. So did your, did your family help pay for your college, or how was that? Actually, the first two years of uh, college was paid for by uh, Chevy Chase Club. They had a caddy scholarship. Wow, they had a caddy scholarship there. It's a great perk. Yeah, we were very fortunate. Me and my brother, the first two years was paid for. But when I transferred to James Madison, that was when I had to pay out-of-state tuition because the scholarship pretty ended ended after that first two years. It's annoying that I also had to pay out-of-state for University of Maryland. Mm-hmm. I'm half a, half an hour from the border. I know that's Come on, guys. It's crazy, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's like three times the amount. Yeah, uh, so of in-state. Yeah, mm-hmm. something like that. It's, it's ridiculous. I hate it. Mm-hmm. I'm glad I don't have to pay loans. Very lucky. Yeah, not, er- not everybody's as lucky as me. It's, it's so true. Most majority of people take loans. Yeah, it's a trap. Pretty much. Really a trap. Pretty much. You're gonna be slave to, uh, to the to the banks for for a while before you get off of it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So how 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 did you enjoy your experience at James Madison? JMU was a lot of fun because that was pretty much the first college experience that I had. Outside of the two-year college, mm-hmm. that was like a that was the college. Experience. That was a college experience yeah. because it was about sixteen thousand students, and I was very excited. There was um, it's like sixty-five percent women and thirty-five percent men, so it was perfect. <laughs> <laughs> it was really nice, man. Yeah. So uh, most my first year is a lot of partying in my first year. As you have to. And, yeah, my grades uh, reflected it a little bit that first year. But, but I bounced back a little bit. Mm-hmm. The second year, I was more focused than I. Somehow, yeah. Uh-huh. Somehow, I managed. I don't know how. I really mm-hmm. have no idea. With the that first year? That first year? Yeah, I did well. I don't mm-hmm. know. Maybe because, I, st- I mean, you studied computer stuff. That's mm-hmm. hard. I studied history. I just... Pay attention in class, go party, and then come back and take the exam, and I'm good. <laughs> <laughs> History is easy. Well, that's pretty good, man. Yeah. And I loved it. I loved mm-hmm. it. I was learning. Did, I, do you like what you were learning? Yeah. I Actually, I, I like the, the computer stuff and the math. And my problem was that, actually, the, the classes where I had to write a paper, like an essay or stuff like that. That was my problem because I never did it. Like, I would wait until the night before and try to write down. Uh, Five-page paper or something like yeah. that. I, I slowly, since graduating from college, mm-hmm. slowly, because after graduating from college, I got the sense that I don't have any skills except for writing. Mm-hmm. Um, like everybody can write. Just put your thoughts on the paper. But that's a, that's but, a, but I'm, uh, I'm discovered because I, I tried to do a, a master's degree, as you know, in geospatial technologies in mm-hmm. Brisbane. And uh, everyone was brilliant. They knew the... They do this charts, statistics, how to code, mm-hmm. da, 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 da. and um, 
when it when the teacher said, "Okay, there's gonna be a twelve page paper coming up, even two pages." Everyone was, "What? <laughs> How am I gonna fill uh-huh. two pages with words?" That's so me right there. So I would be. I I was the the guy sitting in class like, uh, "I'm gonna do it tonight," and then have all weekend to just hang out at the beach. <laughs> and they're like, how wow. do you do that? Yeah. that was- so, and then, and then today actually I was out mm-hmm. uh, on the streets, uh, see, and I walked past this, uh, posters, uh, mm-hmm. writing class, just writing people need. So, so I'm discovering more and more how useful writing is. Writing is a big skill to have. For me, I, I never knew where to start when I, when I opened that word document. Like, I just never knew where to start. So it would take me a long time trying to figure out, like, where I will begin, you know? Now you know how I feel when I open up that terminal, when I'm about to code. <laughs> I remember it. Was just, it's the I, same feeling, eh? Yeah. Yeah. I just, um, I didn't know what mm. did what, I guess, mm. is the issue. Yeah, it's completely different, because with me and all the computer science classes, I aced all those classes. The classes that hurt me was uh, English, um, and maybe the, the history and all that. The classes where you had to do research and uh, write a paper to, about. Yeah, because uh, the American system, you have these basic core classes that you have to take that are unrelated to. Oh your, yeah, to your major. Yeah, I had to take. Uh, I somehow did it, so it wasn't so philosophy, bad. sociology. Uh, those things. I liked, maybe mm-hmm. they weren't related, but a little <coughs> bit related because I was doing uh, humanities. Mm-hmm. I'd take physics, I'd take environmental science. Those are completely unrelated. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> and physics I took, uh, it, was, it was easy stuff. It was what I learned in high school. Mm-hmm. Was, we got we got all the way through basic uh, basic physics. That is completely untrue because you need to take into account air, air resistance, whatever, mm-hmm. which is basic calculations. Then we got to fluids, and we never did fluids in high school. And I said, I'm not going to learn this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I just don't get it. So I, I think I got maybe out of 63 multiple choice questions, I got maybe 12 right <laughs> Oh my <goodness. laughs> on the final. But I still passed, so <laughs> whatever. School so as long as you pass, made. you're good, yeah? School is so strange. Yeah, that first year, there's so many uh, unrelated classes that you have to yeah. take. It's like a... I think it's a way for them to cheat. make money. Yeah, yeah, it's a cheat for yeah. your money. Mm-hmm. There's no point for those classes, really, because it's the same classes you took in high school, exactly. most of them, exactly. that first year. Everything is the same topic. It's so annoying. So mm-hmm. where are, do you, when do you think you're going to go back, or will you go back? JMU, I'm not sure yet. Right now, I'm not 100% sure. Just chilling on this uh, golf uh, yeah. job. Yeah, yeah right job. Mm-hmm. Right now, yeah, that's that's the plan. Like I like I, I like it. You get to meet new people every day. You're outside. It's, uh, it's not a bad pay. It pays pretty good. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you're gonna settle here in San Francisco, huh? Ah, uh, yeah, for like four months. Four, four months, months okay. and then at least until uh, DC gets warmer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's your plan. Uh-huh. DC is. It's I, not so cold now, is it? Right now, actually, it's, it's unusually thing. warm in DC, but. Yeah. In the winter, we get snow a lot in January, February. Even March has been bad in the, recently. Was it the first time for your whole family to see snow when they came to D.C.? Yeah, pretty much. How was that? Do you remember the reaction? It was really cool. The first time is really cool. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah, because you're not used to that. Yeah, but then you have to shovel yeah. it. Yeah, you have to shovel it. It was fun playing with it in the beginning. And then after living there for, for a while, you just it's get tired of it, yeah. Yeah. What did your parents do? My father was a, what do you call it, mayor of Nakuru, actually. Of the town you were in? Mm-hmm. Also a farmer? Yeah. Uh, I We never really made money money in farming. It's just for the food. Was that the same time? Oh, okay. So it's like mm-hmm. your personal farm. Yeah, but he was a mayor from like 88, I think 88, two terms he served as a mayor. That's where he made most of his money. And then he had a restaurant in Nakuru, mm-hmm. a big restaurant, and that's how he made money. How's, uh, how's politics like in Kenya? Kenyan politics is uh, it's crazy. There's a, a lot of corruption before. So if you're in politics, you can pretty much like own a lot of land. You can can get land. You can get you can pretty much do a lot of things when you're in politics. You can get away with a lot of a lot of things. Can you give me a, a very concise history of Kenya, maybe since the end of the Second World War? Because I know nothing about Kenya. Kenya, even me, my history is really really bad. <laughs> That's okay. <laughs> since I came here as a child, but. Kenya was uh, colonized by the British. Uh, Long time ago. Yeah, Jomo Kenyatta is the guy that's considered like the savior that, that got Kenya out of uh, colonization. He was our first president, Jomo Kenyatta. I uh, have a day for him and everything. And after him, it was uh, uh, Rafa uh, Arab Moy. He's a uh, Kalenjin. He's from the same tribe as I am. And he served for like 23, 24 years before before they started limiting how how many ter- how many years you can serve in, in mm-hmm. Kenya. So right now in Kenya, I think you can serve up to I think ten years, two five five year terms. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can't serve more than that. So there there was uh, and then there was um, who else was after Kenyatta? It was Kenyatta, Moi, and then I even forgot who is <laughs> who, who was the third one. But uh, the, the fourth one right now is uh, Kenyatta's son, okay. one of uh, the, the first uh, president's son. He's so the president right now. What are some major things going around going on in Kenya now? Kenya is booming really hard in Nairobi, and uh, a lot of uh, investments from outside. From who? A lot of companies from the West are moving up to Kenya. Uh, Google headquartered in Kenya. For Africa? For Africa, yeah. Google headquarters for Africa is in Kenya. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but a lot, a lot of big, big companies are moving to Kenya, Nairobi, because most of the people in Kenya know English pretty well, so it's easy for those companies to like grow and, and settle in a place like that. And... Um, what else? What was the question again? <laughs> Just what's going on in Kenya. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah. Really Chinese, Chinese investments. They're building a lot of roads and uh, stuff like that. I don't know what they're getting in return. I'm sure the government is giving them something. So, yeah. so, something that might be the hurting the people. Development yeah. deals. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Those can actually hurt in, in a long, long run. They always, run. They always <laughs> uh, 
you know, why why would they come and invest if they're not getting something crazy in return? Yeah, you know, it's always this, this is always Africa's mm-hmm. Africa's problem. You know, problem, yeah. natural resources. They're probably giving out a lot of natural resources to the Chinese. Yeah, what do you? What does Kenya have? I heard they found oil. In Kenya. So oh, maybe that that's the. <laughs> so maybe that's the reason why Chinese is investing. Like Here that. we go again. <laughs> that won't be good. <laughs> it's never good to find oil no. unless you're using it yourself. It in Canada, good. they found it. They're like, great, mm-hmm. we're going to use this. We're going to sell it. Great, and mm-hmm. we have a stable democratic government to take care of it. But we have corruption. Yeah, unless you use it yourself, there's always be greed involved yeah. when oil is there, and that hurts the entire country. Yeah, just look at People Venezuela. Fight. Venezuela, mm-hmm. like, oh, how do we take care of this? Well, look at where they are now. <laughs> they, I know. I mean, they had an election recently, but mm-hmm. uh, had problems. They've had a lot of problems. National community. Mm-hmm. Yeah, always never a good idea to find. You you're better off not finding. Just don't all. look for it. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they're looking for don't trouble. even search for it. Yeah, yeah, but Kenya, Kenya exporting is the main export is tea. Mm-hmm. Uh, and tourism, tourism is the number one money maker for Kenya. But uh, so where you go for like safaris and stuff, mm-hmm. Kenya is probably number one in tourism. In Kenya, is that uh, is there hunting like trophy hunting? Or is I've actually read a book about that. I never knew it was it was uh, allowed in Kenya, mm-hmm. but actually people were doing that. I think like rhinos and stuff like that. I read a book of, uh, uh, recently. I forget the name of the book. I was just reading it. But they were hunting rhinos. They were hunting uh, uh, zebras. They were hunting all kinds of animals. In the Kenya. interesting thing about this kind of hunting um, in Africa is a lot of people are so against it. Mm-hmm. But you have to understand the fucked up logic behind it, which is these animals are still around because people want to hunt them. And if, so let's say, for example, these, these rhinos, mm-hmm. uh, they're still, if, if people uh, didn't protect them for the sake of hunting them, they would all be gone. Does that, does that make sense? Mm. So they, they sell um, tags for these animals. And then the hunters can can kill them, but that money goes directly back into conserving them. Wow! So I mean, that's it's a, it's a really wow. That's crazy, interesting. It's a really crazy reality. So if uh-huh. you remember, if you remember, uh, just last year there was a rhino. Uh, a, I think it was a white rhino. Mm-hmm. One of five left. Yeah, I heard in about population, it. and everyone got so pissed at this one guy who, who killed one. He, mm-hmm. But he, he bought the tag. It was completely legal, but. People got pissed because there's only five. Mm-hmm. So if you, on the surface level, you say, this guy, he bought a tag and killed one, one of five remaining rhinos. Mm-hmm. That's fucked. But underneath of that, this guy's he is, he's a conservationist. He, mm-hmm. he does this, he, he does hunt, but he cares about this, the, uh, these animals. Mm-hmm. And what's crazy about this rhino, they're going to kill it anyway because that mm-hmm. rhino, um, that rhino was a old male that could no longer reproduce. Mm-hmm. That was actually being openly hostile and dangerous to the other four. Oh wow! So by killing it, mm-hmm. uh, he fed money directly into conserving those rhinos. So it's a weird, mm-hmm. fucked up reality. I know that's interesting. I never thought of it like that. 
Even me, when I was reading the book, I was like, man, these guys are fucked up. It is killing, they are. They are fucked up. <laughs> killing, killing these animals for yeah. no reason, but yeah. just for the trophy. Because they were talking about, the, they were comparing horns and stuff like that when they kill them. You know? The horns are crazy because yeah. they will uh, maybe not, they'll tranquilize mm-hmm. and they'll take off tusks and horns and mm-hmm. it's really, really terrible. It's a, it's, a, it's a crazy thing out there, hunting. Yeah, it's, it's a weird thing, man. Yeah. Um, I, I don't think I would do it, but there's a lot of people that are very into it. I saw that they were making uh, synthetically made rhino horns uh, that are chemically identical to, uh, to organic rhino horns so that they can flood the market. Mm-hmm. Rhino horns and drive prices down so that there's no longer an incentive to hunt rhinos. Wow, what an idea! Right? Yeah. <laughs> That's a pretty good idea. Then you might. Yeah. It's, yeah. It, I mean, it's a hopeful thing. Mm-hmm. There's always these. There's always a lot of bad news in, in the media, but mm-hmm. sometimes there's cool inventions. Like uh, one of the guests here was uh, this morning talking about mm-hmm. a really uh, cool way of. So they made uh, man-made uh, bee honeycombs. Mm-hmm. And that uh, the bees work on it like they normally do, and then there's a funnel that um, when you lightly twist, I don't know exactly how it works, but you mm-hmm. lightly uh, adjust the honeycomb, and all the honey flows down into this container, so you don't have to bother any of the bees. Wow! So that is so cool. Yeah. So it's all these like hopeful yeah. little developments that put us it gives you a little hope. hope for team people. Humanity. Yeah. <laughs> I know, I know, in moving in the right I know direction. in Africa you need some hope for humanity. It's a fucked up place. I know, there's so much things that are messing Africa up. But uh, it's, there's a lot of good places too in Africa for sure. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, that is so true. Coming up on the end of our time. Nice. So, yeah, it was a lot of fun. Yeah, it's been a great talk, man. Yeah, I enjoyed yeah. it. Um, thank you for being on. Oh, yeah, definitely, man. Thanks. Yeah, thanks again. Yeah, thank you for having me. Mm-hmm.